You're tuned into the Mid-10 Listens Podcast, hosted by MiddleTennesseeMusic.com. Supporting and empowering the independent music community online since 2011. Head on over to our website to find more music, as well as to learn about our Indie Musicpreneurs Tribe, where we share our library of tips and guides on business, entrepreneurship, productivity, social media, digital marketing, email marketing, websites, and much more. You can also check out our book, Getting Your Music Heard Online, now on Amazon as a paperback and Kindle. Welcome to another episode of the Mid-10 Listens Podcast. It's your host, Joshua Smotherman of MiddleTennesseeMusic.com, and today we're bringing you this exclusive interview with singer-songwriter Rob Carroll of Long Island, New York. Rob, let us know, where are you from, and what style of music do you create? Um, And not necessarily by popular market standards, but in your own words, please. I'm from Long Island, New York, and I often have a hard time defining what genre of music I write because I draw from a lot of influences. The album I'm releasing is pretty eclectic in terms of styles. I guess what I do can be considered pop rock, but there are definitely a bunch of heavier moments on this album. Uh, I hate to call it pop rock, though, because I feel it's come to have such a negative connotation. There are tons of great pop rock bands, but I feel as if people often associate a lack of musicianship with pop rock, and that's really often not the case. I guess I'd go with singer-songwriter above everything else because it's pretty ambiguous and it's closer to the truth, really, because I'm basically the only musician performing on this album and I wrote all the music for it as well. So tell me, what led you down this path of music and what motivates you to stay the course? Gotta go with the Beatles. I know it's pretty cliche, but for the longest time they were my favorite band and they definitely changed everything about the way... I heard and thought about music. I used to be a complete metalhead, and after listening to Abbey Road the first time, basically everything I ever thought about music completely changed, went out the window. Up until that point, like if a song didn't have a guitar solo or if it wasn't a fast tempo and really rocking, I just wasn't interested, you know? And um, I never even gave those types of songs a chance. Like anything like the Beatles, I would never be caught dead listening to. But then I, I, I listened to them and just almost instantly all I wanted to do was write pop music. I I still love metal and heavier music and I try to incorporate aspects of those genres into my own music but for me there's just something special about pop music and connecting with just a whole range of people that you wouldn't normally connect with. I think uh, anyone who gives my album a listen will be able to tell how big a Beatles fan I am you know for better or worse. Who or what are your biggest influences when it comes to your creativity? I could go on forever about creative and musical influences, but I'll try to keep this somewhat short. I'd say for music above all else, you know, it'd have to be the Beatles again. Um, You can learn almost everything you need to know about songwriting by listening to the Beatles discography. So they were definitely one of my biggest, biggest influences in terms of writing. Um, But, you know, I try to keep an open mind and listen to as many different genres of music as I can. So I will very rarely turn something down. Um, I'll at least give it a shot. But uh, some of my current favorite musicians are... Weezer, Prince, Jeff Buckley, Faith No More, Frank Zappa I just started listening to, uh, Brand New, Jack White, Panic! at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, Fountains of Wayne, stuff like that. As far as creativity goes, I'd have to go with uh, Donald Glover and Louis C.K. They're definitely big inspirations to me. They have completely different styles, but they're uh, so ambitious and have worked on so many different kinds of projects. 
I really admire their work ethic and, you know, the sheer volume of work that they've been able to put out between writing stand-up specials, TV shows, and in Donald Glover's case, you know, music as well. I, I just don't know how they continue to produce content at such a high level. How is your new release, Room Without a View, different from all your previous releases? And were you trying to accomplish anything specific with this? Uh, Room Without a View is actually my debut album. And I've been writing songs for a long time now, but I finally made the move to record them within the past two years or so. Initially, I thought of this as an opportunity to record my best songs, but as I began to take a closer look at my music and the way the album was evolving, I realized that many of my songs were about relationships, both romantic and platonic, and how those relationships change over time. I started to think that since much of my material was built around similar themes, that I could incorporate the music I already had into some kind of loosely connected narrative, you know, almost like a concept album, but not quite uh, that level. Um, so this this album, Room Without a View, examines a relationship from start to finish, you know, the beginning of when you first meet someone till the end, getting over it. Um, you know, the first song on the album is one of the sappiest songs I've written, but in the context of the album, I think it really works. And it's called You Make It Easy, and it kind of shows how everything is when you first meet someone new, whether a friend or a relationship it's just everything is great everything is perfect bright you know and nice and easy and that's that's how it all starts about uh as you know things tend to happen uh the rest of that first half kind of shows the degradation of that relationship uh, of that connection and then the second half of the album is a bit darker that's where the heavier songs kind of come in on the album and it focuses more on you know getting over whatever this was and life after the loss of this person or this relationship um, I got pretty lucky in terms of the keys and transitions of these songs. I only had to add a few transitions here and there to make everything fit a little better. Um, most of these songs had already been written by the time I decided to even kind of brand this album in that way. Um, so it, it kind of just seemed to me as if this was the way it was supposed to happen all along, which is really cool because it, it worked out very, very nicely. Do you face any challenges as an independent musician in this digital world? And on the flip side, how has technology helped you, assuming it has? Uh, every day is kind of a challenge, you know. The biggest one is that I'm my own boss, so if I don't get my work done, then I'm the one who loses. There's really no one else to blame. Uh, sometimes it's hard to stay motivated when you put so much time and effort into your work, and you're still not reaching a very wide audience. And with recording technology being so readily available, there's so many other musicians who are trying to do the exact same thing you are. And it seems like there's just an infinite pool of talent that these people have, you know, and you're competing against them constantly. So it can get pretty frustrating um, and a little bit overwhelming. Plus, myself as a solo musician, I found it really hard to put on live performances. Um, most of this music, all of the music on the album is written for a full band. And that's how I liked my music to be, you know, acoustic. I love to play acoustically as well, but it just kind of loses something in the mix. And it's really hard to be as entertaining by yourself acoustically as it is with a band. You know, it's much easier and much more energy in the performance. And it's just a whole different environment when you have a band. Um, so it, it's very, been very hard for me to get people to sign on to something like that, because I'm basically just saying, listen, guys, I wrote these songs and I'm open to what you guys have to say and perform with these songs. But at the end of the day, I wrote them and this is how they sound, you know, and there's little to no creative input that they have. The music's already written. Um, plus, 
there's really no way I could pay all of them much, if anything, and we wouldn't be making a lot of money from any shows that we would be playing. You know, so it's hard to, plus on top of all that, it's hard to find time in everybody's schedule to rehearse. So it's kind of just a recipe for disaster. But on the flip side of everything, uh, technology has been pretty great to me in the same way that it hasn't because uh, without technology being so readily available, you know, I wouldn't be able to have recorded this album. Uh, The two musicians, the two engineers that I worked with, they both run studios out of their homes. And that helped me a huge amount when budgeting for the recordings. Obviously, it's going to be much less expensive than recording in a real studio, which is just, you know, they charge by the hour and it's just exorbitant prices most of the time, especially since I'm doing it all myself, all the tracking, uh, most of the instruments except for drums, then it, it would just be hours and hours and I'd paying for it all myself. So I got really lucky that I was able to work with such talented guys uh, that were working out of their homes, you know, so that was definitely a huge blessing technology wise. Uh, I've also had, you know, a, a few somewhat successful videos on YouTube um, that have spread through social media or whatever other platforms. Um, and that's definitely helped me expand my audience little by little, helped me reach more people that I wouldn't have reached otherwise. How do you feel about streaming services? And do you have any romantic attachments to the physical formats? Eight tracks, cassettes, vinyl, CDs, what have you? I don't really have any allegiance to a particular format or service. I think streaming is most definitely the way of the future. Although I think there will be a small market for those who will always remain interested in physical copies. I just wish royalty rates from streaming would improve, but that's a whole different argument. You know, no one buys music anymore, and that's really the main issue. Let everyone know where uh, we can follow you online and hear more of your music and keep up with new releases. The best places to follow me online are either on my Facebook page or my YouTube channel, both of which you search Rob Carroll. Um, and I'll come up pretty quick, Rob Carroll Music. Um, but I'm pr- on pretty much every social media website, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all those great things. So, uh, yeah, if you search my name, Rob Carroll Music, on any of those, you'll probably uh, be headed in the right direction. Last but not least, do you have anything else before we sign off? So this album, Room Without a View, is actually my debut album, and it's going to be out December 8th. And I'll be releasing videos one a month uh, for the first three singles up until that point on my YouTube channel. I really think there's a little something for everybody on this album. Uh, explore a lot of different genres and a lot of different styles of music. So I hope you guys check it out and I hope you enjoy it. And thanks again for having me on here and letting me talk about uh, my album and my experiences. Thank you for tuning in to the Mid 10 Listens 5 at 5. If you want to show your support for MiddleTennesseeMusic.com in this podcast, check out our book, Getting Your Music Heard Online, available from our website as well as Amazon in formats Kindle and paperback. You can also show your support by subscribing and rating this podcast on iTunes. Doing so will improve your well-being, increase joy, and bring good karma to you. It might also improve your online marketing skills, your online presence, and help you get your music heard by more people.